Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to the Scott and Jai Show on Radio X. Giddy up. Where we are all about lending an ear. Trying to move Tell on, Tell me mate. how you really feel. I love you, mate. I love you. No matter which way you go. Look. Sharing stories. But no, I have ended up in the emergency room after with a broken... And helping each other out. Called you, big father. Yeah, call- said we need to go look around the town. Called for reinforcement. Yeah. That's the way. My new boss will probably be listening and going, thanks, Jai. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m., Live on air. Catch the highlights 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. weeknights. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. So hit that subscribe button and join the conversation. We are all about mates helping mates. So whether you're battling the black dog or just need a friendly chat, this is the place to be. The phone number is 074-994-3165. Or connect with us on social media at The Scott and Jai Show. We want to hear your story because, remember, it's not weak to speak. I just want to let everyone know that it's not weak to speak. I just want to let everyone know that it ain't weak to speak. So come on, join us for some good yarns. Quick side note, I love the dirty mo. Oh, I love it too. What does mum say? There's no dry here, mate. Hang it out. Laughs. Oh, but it was. It's quiet at home. And maybe even a few tears. Let's tackle life together, one story at a time. Because together, we can make a difference. This is the Scott and Jai Show, where everyone's story matters. I begin today by acknowledging the Durumbal people, traditional custodians of the land on which we meet here today. We pay our respect to the elders, past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today, which their land we live on. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, oh, there we go. Tequila shots all around. Tequila yeah. shots? Tequila makes my clothes come off. Oh, look, mate, it happens to the best of us when we meet people we love. <laughs> That's like so exciting. I have never seen a grown man turn to water. Hey, what? That brought tears to my eyes talking about Big H. Yeah. Every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's slowly getting bigger. You guys uh, are like a will. pair of giggling schoolgirls. No, you really are. I just want to let everyone know that it's not weak to speak. I just want to let everyone know that I don't wait to speak. Welcome to Scott and Joe's show. Happy Friday! Good morning. Morning, morning mate. Bro. How are you? Good. I'm excited for Friday! I know. It's, uh, Friday's always a good day. It's Friday the 13th today. Is, is it that Halloween? No, just a dark day on the calendar, I guess. Was it a dark day? It's Friday the 13th. It's superstitious. Oh, is that it? <laughs> oh, it's like that. Special bat. What a start. See, we had all these computer issues before we started, and now we can't even get the date right. How good. Today is Friday the 13th of October. I put October. paperwork. My bad. Oh. Um, today in history. Today in history. Today is... 
when the technology plays the game. Paddington Bear made his debut today. You know who Paddington Bear is, mate? I've no idea. Really? Am I meant to know who Somebody is? comment on Facebook if you know who Paddington Bear is. Ian Thorpe was born today. Happy birthday, Ian Thorpe. Go on, you're dying to say it. I can see it written all over your face. Thorpey, you got some Thorpey's in your dang big fella. Sasha Baron Cohen, it's his birthday today as well. You know who Sasha Baron Cohen is? No. High five! Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about this last night, sorry. Yeah, and LEG. Um, also, totally irrelevant information, Margaret Thatcher was born today. First female Prime Minister uh, of the UK. I don't even know why that's important. But, Jai? Yes, mate. Stop everything. Stop everything. We have a very, very special guest here. Something we've been excited about all week. All right. All right. Let's introduce him. You ready? Do you have to press play? It's, yeah. My computer's not playing the game today. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Special guest coming on. We do. Can't wait. We do. <laughs> you guys are so excited. I am I so excited. You guys oh, are like a will. pair of giggling schoolgirls. Oh. You really are. <laughs> it's been too long. Hey, what? I brought tears to my eyes talking about Big H. Welcome to Big H. Yeah! Welcome, mate. How are we, fellas? Good, good. Better you're here now. Good to be up here in the big CQ. Yeah, I know. You've got some big plans over the next couple of weeks. We do, here. mate. We got, yeah, got a bit going on. Um, yeah, looking forward to being here. Got wife and kids with me this time, so that's going to be awesome. No partying. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, a little, a little bit. Tomorrow we've got a big barbecue and, yeah, it'll be good fun. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. That's why we're doing the podcast today and not Sunday. Yeah, what's we'll be- happening tomorrow? We won't be any in any condition. You'll find out next Sunday when you download the podcast. Well, While we couldn't do it last Sunday. Well, this doesn't get released to Sunday. Oh, it's to get released this afternoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you better keep it. I need to see who's commented on Facebook. Oh, that's depressing. There's only one listener. <laughs> Who is it? Is that you? Is it your phone? Yeah, I bet it is. No, it's not my phone. It could be Chris. So, so your missus just sent me a photo of my missus holding some random baby while they're getting what looks like their toes done. Well, that's obviously the next step. Um, is that <laughs> <big star>? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you these back. So Jai can hear what's going on. Do you like our intro, mate? I do, mate. It was so off the cuff. It was great. We felt like I was in WWE about to walk out. (laughs) (laughs) Introducing Big H. Fireworks. All right, let's get into our first segment for the week. Um, This computer is really not playing the game today. I'm not sure it's a computer. (laughs) Because you're clicking a whole lot of different things. (laughs) Fine. I cannot find. Ah, got it. Okay, we're here. Let me... uh, Don't know why. Anyway. Scott and Jai, what's on your mind this week? Well, we got there. I don't know what's going on with this computer today. (laughs) 
It's time for an upgrade. It's out of rhythm, mate. It's a Friday, not oh, a Sunday. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it thinks it's. Well, it is Friday. Hey, that's what I said. It's a, it's a Friday, not a Sunday. But yeah, good excuse for an upgrade, mate. Who wants to go first? Round the table. What's on your mind this week? Me. Go, big fella. <laughs> go, big fella. <laughs> no, um, I was talking outside about the whole car thing again, but. That's right. What's wrong with the cars? I was in the car with you yesterday. Oh, what's wrong with my driving? Nothing wrong with your driving. Oh, <laughs> you should have seen them at the roundabout. If oh. I lived in America, I would definitely have one of them cars that could just drive over people's cars. A ram. <laughs> <laughs> like just line them up, and just, yeah. Yeah, straight over. <laughs> drive around in an evil can evil yeah. suit everywhere you go. A hundred percent. No, I did want to talk about um, this week, uh, this month, sorry, being Breast Cancer Month. Yes. Which um, is very important to myself. Um, My nan had breast cancer. um, And I know a lot of other people that have had it too. um, Friends of my family and that. So I think it's a big important thing to people rally around... um, Mm. Not only that, because it, it cancer in general is pretty messy. It um, it's not a nice thing to be going through it yourself, let alone being the family members on the other side, just trying to do what they can to support their loved one. Um, something I'm really passionate about is um, raising awareness with mental health, and I think anybody that's going through. Um, cancer in general, but being this month, breast cancer. Um, I know the colour for breast cancer is pink, so I encourage someone, um, anyone, one day out of your work week to wear the colour pink to work. If you're allowed, obviously don't go breaking rules. Um, I know some businesses have um, procedures in place and dress codes, so don't be going to get yourself in any HR meetings. Why not, Ty? Look, mate, I've had my fair share of HR meetings. <laughs> so Jai says to me last night, yeah. right? He says to me, Scotty, I've got I've got something I need to tell you. This technology, I'm about to turn this computer off. Um, Jai says to me yesterday, he says, Scotty, I don't know if I'm going to be here on time for the podcast. He said, oh, he goes, I'll be there at 10 o'clock on the dot. What for? <laughs> I might have a HR meeting. <laughs> well, I just wasn't sure, you know. Um, yeah. You just never know with me. I'm like a bag of miracles. But the cool thing is about your last HR meeting, we did it together. I know. Um, look, I'm trying to stay clear of any HR meetings. Um, but look, back to what we were talking about. Um... I know there is a few fundraisers going around um, for breast cancer, so if you have a spare bit of change, even a dollar, make sure you donate to um, the Cancer Breast Cancer Foundation. We'll put that um, link up on our Facebook page as well. Yeah, um, it's a great course, and it also gives them funding to not only help people with breast cancer, but also helps them do the research to try and find a way to help people with breast cancer and find out more about the breast cancer itself because obviously there's a variety of different cancers. Um, 
and I think it's great. Um, obviously, everything that we look, look into needs funding, and cancer is one of them things that doesn't get a lot of funding, and that's why so many people do fundraisers around raising money and awareness around cancer. But yeah, that's what's on my mind, mate. That's what's on your mind this week. Big H, what's on your mind, mate? Oh, mate. Um, we did the big drive up here yesterday. Which, um, yeah, it's been been a pretty flat out week, actually. Getting everything How ready. How long does it take <clears throat> you to get hit from Brisbane to Rocky? Oh, so we left up our seven yesterday morning. And uh, we pulled in to... What's the place? Was it Carowell? Carowell? The place in the middle of here in Nipoon, in the middle of nowhere. Kawarrow. Kawarrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm not from here. Um, <laughs> it's like... Don't worry. Cremshaw, I... Cremshaw Garden. <laughs> <laughs> when I first moved here, I called Calliope Kalopoli. Oh, good. Yeah. And Kapalabala. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Australia's got some funny names. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so then we pulled in to where we're staying about half past six, but... We took our time, um, obviously leaving on a Thursday, peak out. took us like an hour and a half plus just to get out of Brisbane yesterday. Um, stopped at Gimpy, then uh, stopped at the Starburst Cafe, big ups to them at Jinjin. Uh, Jin. Used to stop there every time I'd go through there in the truck. And then uh, stopped at Mount Larkham and yeah, no, the kids were pretty good. Stopped at Mount Larkham. Yeah, Did just quickly. Yeah, it was a real brief stop. Uh went to the bathroom there there's a little playground kids had about a five minute play and off we went so um yeah no it was good and then obviously with Simi being pregnant as well we had to keep on top of toilet stops so it's um, important yeah good old toilet stops yeah so, no it was a pretty good drive actually once we were out of Brizzy it was pretty good The uh, a lot of the roadworks have finished up now which mm. surprised me um oh, and then um yeah, long time. <laughs> always fixing the Bruce Highway. It's always something. They'll wrong. never stop, mate. It's the world's worst major highway. Like that, that's the main road we've got to get up north, and it's an absolute shocker. Ridiculous. But the um, yeah, we came through. Well, I went too far out of Rocky. What are we between Mount Larkham and here? There was heap of smoke, and it. What I first thought was just back burning, and um, until I saw quite a few fire engines racing there with their their lights on and I just finished telling the kids nothing to worry about it's just back burning <laughs> yeah but dad why are those trucks going so fast oh they might just be a bit late so um <laughs> <got> the... <laughs> yeah sort of didn't want to switch on the news last night it could have been all over but yeah the, the one thing that really um surprised us just how dry it was driving mm. up here the um like we're from Ipswich and that's quite dry out there but yeah, nothing, nothing like the drive up here. So that you could tell once you hit central Queensland, mate, it was dry as a fart. Dry as a fart. Mm. My farts aren't dry, so. So now, no, we're super keen to be up here. We've got um, a bit going on while we're here, doing a bit of, like a two and a half week trip, um, going out to some of the Aboriginal communities and stuff while we're up here, um, and yeah, just. Bringing them some furniture and and putting on a bit of a fun day for the kids and stuff out there. So really looking forward to that. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so it all came about pretty last minute, but 
yeah, stoked to have Sim and the kids here and, and you know, kids can experience all, all that we're doing and, and other parts of life that they wouldn't usually see too. So absolutely. I think that's an important thing for kids to, to um, see that, especially um, the Indigenous communities that um, are outside of townships. It's 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 an eye opener. Yeah. Um, and nothing bad though. I've still got pretty much shops, um, schools, and everything. Yeah, out there, yeah. But it's a very remote community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's awesome that like your kids will get to experience it yeah. and see like the different side of it. Yeah. That culture. And that that was sort of a big thing. Um, like when we made the decision, like we were going to travel and. Um, and we'd, kind of, we'd already decided before that we were going to homeschool the kids anyway, just with a whole lot of other stuff that was going on through COVID and whatever. Um, but just how much they're able to learn from travelling and, and seeing so much stuff that a lot of other kids wouldn't really get to see. Um, and sort of when, when all that even kicked off, like I was really nervous about homeschooling because um, I was like, oh, I'm not a teacher. Um <laughs> at all (laughs) I can teach things to the kids but usually it gets me in trouble with Simone but um, and and, and Sim's like the same thing like neither of us have had education training or or anything like that so I was really nervous about it and actually rang um, our older sister um, and spoke to her I was just like are we out of our minds like and and she kind of said that due to COVID like pretty much it's more common. It had to be. It was like the whole country had to know how to homeschool their kids because yeah. it, it all went into lockdown. Um, and she even made the comment, like, if she had had the choice, and she's got her master's in primary education, so just to lay that as a base, mm. um, she made the comment, if she had the opportunity, she would have homeschooled her kids. So, um, and, you know, that's coming from a teacher. So that sort of gave me a lot more faith in what we were doing. Um and you know we ring her from time to time just to get a bit of a professional opinion or or a bit of help in how to to deal with some things or whatever uh when we went over to perth last year um she did a bit of schooling with the kids and and the kids absolutely loved it um and she was just like you know they're they're right where they're meant to be so um that's cool yeah I, i think you know if there's anyone that's kind of toying with that decision um like have faith that it that it is really made to be easy these days or easier. I think especially primary school, high school, I think would be a totally different story. <laughs> um, but it's you know for us and and our journey, it was just we wanted to travel, we wanted to do the ministry stuff we're doing, and um, the the nine to five and and the house and all the stuff just didn't fit into that for this period. So. Um, yeah, we're loving what we're doing and, and being able to come up here and just say, yeah, we're going to do two and a half weeks away at the drop of a hat. It's like, that's what it's all about. That's so. it. Oh, good stuff. Do you have to follow like a curriculum? Like, does Yeah, the... so there's there's different different curriculums. So like if you um, if you did the distance, the Australian distance education system, that's literally just school, but at home. So yeah. it's, it's no different to a normal school curriculum. Um the, the Australian system is fairly flexy in what you can do as long as you're ticking the boxes of English, maths, and those sorts of things, and you're kind of hitting where you're meant to. Um, you can kind of pull from different curriculums, so, which is exactly what we're doing. Um, and the other awesome benefit of that is, um, you know, we can sort of sit down with the kids and go, hey, 
what's a topic you guys really want to learn about? You know, away from maths and English and stuff, spelling, whatever. What's something you guys want to learn about? And so we've we've done a whole term on um, plants. Our eldest um, daughter, she wanted to learn about plants and or plants for the Aussies, um, and wow. and just all the all the intricacies of that. And and I'll, to be honest, man, like she was teaching me stuff through that. Like it was yep. awesome what she was pulling out of that. Um, we've done insects. We've done um, other things. I think we did like one on like ocean um, or ocean animals and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, we're able to do all that. And then, you know, you sort of do your own excursions, like go off to underwater world or go to the botanical gardens and all this sort of stuff. So the other really cool thing is um, where we sort of stay when we're not traveling back in Ipswich, there's a whole group of mums um, that are homeschooling their kids and they all, all get together. So Sim's part of this group every Tuesday. They do homeschool co-op and um, they they go out they do an excursion somewhere. Um, yeah. So rock climbing or um, they go out to a farm or, you know, heaps of different stuff. So they're still getting that um, connection with other kids, yep. which is super important, um, you know, for learning all your social behaviours and stuff. Um, so they're still doing that every week and they go and do something super fun. So if I'm working, I'm jealous. Like, they do some really cool stuff. I think that's awesome too because like just listening to that it would give the kids like an opportunity of a more a horizon of as they get older what they really want to get into yeah, like for, sure. for a profession yeah um, which at school like I know when I was at school I didn't really think about what I really wanted to do I had the question of what do you want to do when you're older like you don't really know because you don't really have a passion that's like, right yeah like giving them like studying like water oceans yeah you know there's marine biology or plants there's horticulture like that itself like would give them more of an understanding of as they get older yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want to focus more on this as a, a yeah. career kind it, of like. I remember that as a kid too like what do you want to do when you're older and you kind of look around your immediate circle well, what are my family members doing and and for me, it was, you know, my, my granddad, who I, I never really got to know, he passed when I was one, he was a fireman, and so I was like, I want to be a firefighter. And then uh, biological dad, he was a, a, um, a paramedic, an ambulance yeah. paramedic, and so for a long time I was like, I want to do that. But then I had uncles and aunties and a lot of my mum's family, they were all military. Um, I was like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get into the Defence Force. And so, yeah, there was all these different things, but I think all of those decisions or all of those thoughts came from what's happening around me and my family and what yeah. are they doing and it never went outside that yeah so it was because you never kind of yeah got to be opened up to that world I guess but do you think like in saying that like you're all like very focused on what is happening around you and you want to like kind of follow in other people's footsteps and I, I think the cloud of always being able to make your parents proud absolutely um and not having that wider horizon of understanding of different things that you can do as a career base. Yeah. Um, as they get older, like having that opportunity to be able to learn a different way. Yeah. Um, will give them a bit more of an understanding and like a choice of where they want to go. I think absolutely. Um, yeah, they're going to, I guess, have experienced so many different things and be opened up to so many different professions as well. Um, and then even with the traveling, just meeting so many different people. Yeah. Um, 
so like that that's our whole heart for the kids it's like we'll never push an agenda of you know this is this will be a good path for you when you're older or whatever it's just like if they come to us with something we just want to support them on what they're doing obviously mm. keep them you know on, on a straight path but yeah. but support what it is they're bringing to us more than going hey look at this hey look at this hey look at this so um and these things are even starting to happen um you know even at the ages they are with five and seven like they're, they're looking at things going oh i'd love to be able to do that and um you know our daughter she is absolutely mad keen on dancing and like simone she was a dancer at, at the world level yeah okay. um but has never ever pushed dancing never wow. gone hey look this is what mummy used to do it's just come from Amira going, hey, I've got this desire. With Matthias, he's the same with music. It's like I've never spoken to him about, like, hey, mate, do you want to learn an instrument, whatever. He's just gone, just started picking up drumsticks and drumming or, or getting a guitar and, and mucking around when I'm playing or whatever it is. And it's just, it's like, I, I think that's such an important thing. Like, let the kids really lead that yeah. um, instead of trying to kind of push an agenda or that this is going to make you heaps of money when you're older you know what I mean it's like I think passion completely outweighs income like if you're if you're passionate about something and you go and you do that with 110% every day because you're passionate um, it's like you've obviously got to live and that sort of thing but it's like you know the old saying you'll never work a day in your life if you're doing something you're passionate about yeah that's something like I find with this job like the majority of my job working within the community and being able to help younger mm. a younger generation um, coming from the background I come from um, I find that I enjoy that a lot more yes it's in, like a very intense job and yeah. you've got to understand a lot but um, I enjoy it mm. um but it's you don't have a work-life balance. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. As I'm getting older, I've realised that. Yeah, I don't have. Yes, I'm passionate about it, but I don't have the time to work on my my yeah, studies yeah, yeah, gotcha. to be able yeah, to yeah. work towards my career. Yeah. And yeah, so like I'm at that like peak age of thirty where like now I need to start the grind yeah. and yeah, like be able to open a business. So I have that work-life balance when yeah. I do have kids. And yeah, yeah, totally I I definitely think that I would look at the homeschooling. Um, yeah. situation when it came to that yes yeah. that's something I would always want my kids to do is to be able to travel the world at a young age and be able to do that while you're still young enough yeah because um, as we get older obviously we're not as active and yeah yeah I think a lot of parents like don't get to do that with their kids yeah, because absolutely. it's they're so fixated on the nine to five like and they're yeah. working to live like yeah. it's yeah it's live to work like Ah, oh, sorry, did I say that right? That's right, I'm just sitting there trying to work that out. Did we say that right? You want to work to sustain your lifestyle, yeah. not yeah, live to sustain your work life. Yeah, and I think a lot of people this day and age um, are stuck in that, like, I've just got to go to work. And I know myself, like, up to now, I was just covered in debt because of dumb mistakes yeah, that yeah, I made. Yeah. I was the um, same. Yeah, and, like, so I never had the opportunity to be able to go, like, fly overseas or um, where now I think if I buy a house, like, run a business from mm-hmm. a house, 
like just be smart about mm. the way you live because I don't want to still be working 80 hours a week when I'm 60. That's right. And it's easy to do, right? That's pretty 100%. much exactly what we've done. Started a business, which we run from home. Yeah. And um, you can be quite successful. Yeah. In doing it. But there is, like, the first 12 months, as they always say when you start your own business, that first 12 months is the toughest. And you've got to... You've got to put the hours in to be able to build that foundation. Yeah. Once that foundation's there, it's just about growing and expanding, I think. Yeah, that's it. And... There's so many, like, that's the bonus of, like, technology, right? There's so many um, tutorials about, like, way different people have grown businesses or grown their ideas, like our idea that we're working on with filming and making videos um, because it's another platform to make money. That's right. Absolutely. And that's something that I enjoy, photography and um, Like, YouTube, there's so much money in YouTube. It's ridiculous. Well, this week our... um entire podcast will be available on YouTube so um, if you're watching us live on Facebook no one is at the moment um, you'll, all you'll see is like a graphic that says on air that's basically what you'll see when you go on YouTube so get on to our YouTube page which is at the Scott and Drive show on YouTube and please follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well same um, thing at that's got the show. Well, that's Sorry, it. Mate. Like making money on YouTube. Like my future goal in the next five years is to obviously invest in um, video cameras, yeah, like yeah. proper computer editing programs, yep. um, and not only do like interviews with like different people about like their struggles, mm-hmm. but also make videos of like when we're having a passive income from yep. that channel to be able to go out and get a partnership with. A car dealership yep. and find a family that's struggling yeah um and be able to buy that car yeah and be able to present that to the family absolutely because like. that's something like i see a lot in america yeah huge. Um, but i don't see a lot of it here yeah. in australia we've got a mate um he's a very talented um welder boiler maker and fitter and turner he's got a dual trade and he's got this huge workshop set up at home um and he has a youtube account um they sell rocket stoves as like a side hustle um, and they go nuts in the States for them. So he just started kind of filming, making those and it's branched out to him kind of just filming different things that he's working on, different um, ideas he's coming up with or engineering or whatever and he's just filming what what he's already doing. Mm-hmm. And so his, his YouTube account has just crossed the 60,000 subs mark and... He's literally, yeah, just filming what he's doing every day for work. Um, and, I mean, you know, they, they, they get a bit of income from that. And they're, they're trying to sort of grow that a bit more um, because it's like you're kind of getting money for jam at that point. You're getting money for what you're, you're building and, and doing as a job. Yeah. Um, and so I've done a bit of editing for him, um, which I really enjoyed. And, and that's – I'll be doing a bit more of that sort of the more we travel – yeah. Um, but yeah, just from what he's doing, and he's just like, if you find something that people want to get behind, something that people want to watch, um, you know, it'll, it'll blow up overnight. I mean, you see that with viral videos, like. Mm. But then the thing is just to keep kind of building on that um, because of the way the algorithm works and blah mm. blah blah. Um, but yeah, I've seen him do it, mate. And, and he's, you know, he lives in a little Aussie town, um, Arachula, on the way out to Warwick. 
Um, he's got this old tin shit out the back, just full of all his equipment, and mate, he's he's doing it like sixty thousand subscribers. That's unreal. That's that's a fair bit. Hey, I want you really think is. about. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it wouldn't just be like a little bit of money. Like it'd be a decent chunk. Of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a bit. And then he was saying like, you know, obviously with the ads and stuff that come up, and if. When people click on those ads, and then if they buy what that ad's selling, they, you get a cut from that as well. Yeah. Does um, he get to choose what ads? Um, I think you choose what market you want to go yeah. for. So the ads will be only for that market. So it might just be camping, good, outdoors, whatever. Yeah. And so the ads will only kind of be for, yeah. 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 What's on your mind this week, Big Fell? Oh, Yes. I was just sorry, mate. The conversation just was great. I just hijacked that segment. T- to be honest, I was trying to get this computer to work. I don't know if you two could see me. No, no, I did see that. There's stuff oh, going everywhere. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But anyway, um, what's on my mind this week? Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to play this song, and then I'll get on my rant. I'm pretty sure Hamish will get on uh, this as well. Today is not the day. We sit here and we wait. There we go. So, because Hamish has got headphones on at the moment, I'm playing the Australian National Anthem. Oh, yeah. Why am I playing the Australian National Anthem? I reckon you're about to tell us. (laughs) Better place the game. R.I.P. Eddie Jones! Has it happened? He's off to Japan. Good. Scumbag. Mate, he's he, I mean, he's he didn't do the Aussies any favors. I'll say that, and I mean, I'm an avid All Black support. I support two teams: the All Blacks and anyone versing the Wallabies. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, where do you live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But he just the the Wallabies or the Wobblies, as I call them. They they were starting to really go all right, like. You know, towards the back end of last season. I mean, they were beating the ABs. Yep. They were starting to get some form. And then, um, no, we'll bring old mate Eddie Jones back in and <laughs> sinking ship. Yep. And then while he's in the middle of absolutely stuffing the, the World Cup for the Aussies, he's interviewing for a new job. What a guy. We talked about bloke. that the, oh, on the last podcast. A giant admitted right there and then, as I'm having my rant and rave about... Um, Eddie Jones? Yeah. <laughs> the, the look on Jai's face was priceless. It was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it is I don't union, follow yeah. rugby union. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I don't. It's, um, it doesn't interest me <laughs> at all. Um, but for those that are following the Rugby World Cup, I feel really bad because I sat there and convinced Katie to get Stan Sports. Oh, yep. And I said, pay the extra money. I'll get up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Get up early in the morning and I'll start watching the games. Katie would have known you weren't getting up. Everybody and watch one game. Who knows you knows you do not. Last time I was up here, we had planned we're going oh, yeah. to we're going to get yeah. up and watch the All Blacks. And yeah, what yeah. happened? Five, no. five o'clock kickoff. Didn't I happen. had my alarm set. I, I woke up. I could hear old Snorlax here in the bed going to town, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, he's out to it. I'm going to stop that alarm, and go back to sleep." <laughs> So this weekend, for anyone interested, Wales play. It's the knockouts in the Rugby World Cup. So it's Wales play Argentina. That'd be a good game to watch. Mm. It's uh, like... I think time. Argentina have a better I mean, soccer team. Yeah, they do. They do. Got pretty, Argentina have jumped up in the world rankings. Yeah, the humans are going too. awesome. Michael Checker 
is to be the Australian coach. Wallabies coach is now coaching them. Um, the blockbuster on Sunday is Ireland versus New Zealand. So Ireland are actually the number, number one, one at the moment. At the yeah, moment. a solid team. So that'll be a good game, really good game to watch. Fiji play England on Monday, the 16th of October. And South Africa and France, 5 a.m. on the 16th, Monday the 16th as well. So Some big games. Rugby Union's going to be uh, off to... Well, not for Australians. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to watch it, but... The, uh, I'm always excited to watch Fiji play. Like even loved watching them in the Rugby League World Cup. Like they are such a powerhouse team. I, I think you know they they have their moments. They they quite often maybe not the strongest team, but in terms of their internal team belief, the the team um, culture they set, I, I think it's second to none. Mm. Like they spend. So much time together. Every time before and after the game, they're in a huddle. Um, they're praying. They're talking. They're doing their thing every single game. Like I think the culture they set, unreal. Maybe uh, Australia needs to take that on board for um, next the next coach that they they pick. Yeah, I also think Australia should maybe you know keep some of their key players in the squad. Mm. But that's just me. Oh, we spoke about that on the yeah. We were talking about the Broncos, you know, and how they were successful because they've got a great, they've got a great leadership team. They've they got do, a mix yeah. of the young, they've got a mix of the old. Yeah. Not only that, they've got to the time to grow together as a team and exactly. learn how to gel and work each other. Whereas Paul Wallabies, all they had was they had Dave Reaney. They were getting, they were getting some traction. They were getting some momentum, yeah. and then all of a sudden, Eddie Jones swoops in, and they didn't win a game. Well, they've won two games since he took over. Mm. Two out of nine. Ridiculous. The other rugby league is actually back on the TV this weekend as well. Um, it is the international. So the Kangaroos play Samoa on Saturday and PNG play Cook Islands. That'd be a good game to watch. I reckon um, Kangaroos will um, win. They've got a pretty solid team coming in. They do. Poor Addo Carr got dismissed. Oh, what a shame. What do you get dismissed for? Oh, oh the, fighting. The, the Curry knockout, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, that's what you get. Yeah, and then the week, the week after is um, the Kiwis and Samoa, and then uh, Fiji and the Cook Islands. So Rugby League returns to your TVs this weekend, awesome. which is great. That's pretty much all I had on my mind this this week. Before we stop this segment, something that I, like, I was thinking about is, um, I don't know if you've watched the news lately with the Israel and Gaza yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. You know, there's something about it I don't agree. I, I agree everybody's going to have their own opinion about it and the culture and whatnot behind it. But if you move to Australia and something in your country is going on, don't go and take it out and start this. Like, I'm all for protests because obviously you want to get your, your voice across. Mm. But don't go and start trashing another person's country. The country that you live, where, you know, where you get your food from, you know, where the shelter is, you know, where the Australian Defence Force protects you. All that, like, and right now, the, when was it last night, they had a protest near the Sydney Opera House. And, uh, early, earlier in the week. Yeah, earlier in the week. Um, and they were throwing flares and fireworks. Yeah. Um at the opera house like what what are you achieving at that 
well, what what's the positive outcome over that? Nothing. That just shows that you really can't communicate and voice what you're trying to get across mm-hmm. without using violence. I don't mean to sound ignorant and got my head in head in the clouds, but the only I learned a very long time ago about like the Gaza Strip and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to this this war that's happening now in in Israel and Palestine and all that sort of stuff, like I have no idea what it's about. It's religion. religion. Religion, I know, is is is, is the front of it, yeah. but and there was a fifty year anniversary. That's what sparked it all. And it's not only that. Like they were, um, I was listening. I showed you the other night mm. um, when they had like a conference with. Uh, was it the Ireland Prime Minister? Uh, Irish, a member of Parliament from yeah. Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And he was pretty much saying like, the for years now, just because you don't believe in that certain religion, that these people aren't allowed in their country where they're born mm-hmm. and where. You know, that's that's just... To me, that's just as much their land as what it is, someone that follows a, a certain religion. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very unfair because, like, where your roots are from, that's going to be the most important place to to the day you die, really, because that's that's where your journey started. Um, imagine not even being able to go there just to visit. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty, pretty <clears throat> selfish myself. Um, but... Oh my, I'm not a big wig. I'm not all about war either. You know, like this Ukraine war has gone on for far too long. But look, look, I think Ukraine's done the right thing. Um, that itself, that's a little man trying to stand up for what's right. He mm. didn't... Ukraine didn't want to be a part of... What was it? Politic man? Uh, NATO, NATO. NATO. No, Ukraine Ukraine. wanted to be a part of NATO. They couldn't join NATO because they were already in a war, but they didn't want to be... Russia didn't want them to join NATO because of how close they are. And it was also about the... I think it was something to do with the Union. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Um, But uh, joining... The Soviet Union. Is that it? The Soviet Union? Soviet Union, yeah. Soviet Union went down in 1991. It was like the Russian... So Ukraine and Russia all used to be part of that Soviet Union. Now they're a separate country. But Russia wanted to make Ukraine part of Russia. Part of Russia, yeah. And, and they didn't want that. The other thing, it was 2014 when it all started. It was all to do with Crimea. And because Crimea's in... Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm shooting at blanks here. But I know Crimea's in the one of the... <laughs> shooting blanks. Um... Crimean's in the ocean, so it's like where all the boats and things are. Yeah. And I know Russia wanted to take the Crimean Channel. That. That's it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Between us, we've got it all worked out. So. Um, and that's... Crimean Channel is also manned by US, uh, the US Navy ships. Yeah. Because there's a lot of um, crime that happens in between that channel. And apparently it's a really tight channel. Like, it's... Someone... I was watching a video last night. Like, you literally... Chuck a stone across, like, and that's how small the channel gap is. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking about the Crimea channel. Was that? It's, generally, it's got to be different to uh, Crimea River. Laughing in the face. But it is like for me. The um. It's. Sorry, mate. I know it's very serious, but it is. As soon as you said Crimea <laughs> tight channel, I was all over. Sorry, continue. Um, yeah, like, for me, Putin just wants power. It's all about, like, that whole war is about power and control. 
These boys are being silly. Pull your shit together. We're back. Um, but it is. Like, Putin's all about power and control. Why yeah. do you think Putin doesn't let any man near him? Like, That's it. <laughs> he loves putting his foot down there, fella. Yeah. And well, now he's got, like, two different doubles going around. There's one one thing, like, you learn growing up. Don't upset the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, but it's, lucky our podcast hasn't quite got to Russia yet. It's it's stupid. Like, I'd say a toothpaste. Like, you were all out for going. When I, mean, I remember back um, when the Ukraine war started, you were ready, ready to go over there and assist. One hundred percent. Like, it's a small country. Like, every like there was like wives that had to leave their sons and their husbands and take the kids to the Polish border. Yes. Um, but not only like there was buses there, but a lot of people, because of how many people had to leave the country, had to walk a majority into Poland. Um, what was the other thing we were watching the other day? Um, it's on Netflix. Um, World's Toughest Prisons. Mm. And... Um, there's people from overseas stuck in Greece prisons for uh, people smuggling and trafficking and all that sort of stuff. And there's people trying to flee, trying to flee um, Iraq and all that sort of stuff. And it's funny what it was when they're doing an interview, the Iraqi people talking Greek just to share their story. Yeah, I look, I think it's. The whole thing is stupid. I don't agree with war. No. I, I don't. If you can solve a fight with a conversation, then I'm sure if you're getting paid that much money, you can sit down in a room and come to some sort of peace agreement. Mm-hmm. Which they they did have a peace agreement, if, I, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Russia and Ukraine, prior to the war, they actually had a peace agreement. But then Putin got a hungry hole, and then... Um, <laughs> Wanted to so, take more. It's funny. So for our podcast, when we go live, I've said to Jai, we've got to refrain from swearing because the first video got taken down on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So we've got like a little warning system at the moment. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. So instead of just looking at Jai now and trying to raise my eyebrows because you can't quite see over my glasses, I have a button here. It's called no, the ref whistle. You're really thick eyebrows. G'day. So I just play this little sound effect before it's got I think. Thick hair somewhere. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have it on his head. <laughs> I have, a, I have shots here at my hair, but I have a. Uh, I've got a whistle here that that I play. So if I know he's about to <laughs> play the whistle. Yeah. No, I haven't actually swore this whole. And I don't think you've been dumped actually since we've got the little dump button in here. No. No. But this is your warning shot. I'll give you a warning shot. You're not going to like it. It's not a whistle. It's a penalty blow. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a penalty blow, all right? You'll look funny in your photos tomorrow. <laughs> what photos? Our family photos we're getting. Oh, how cute. Um, but, yeah, like, to me, it's really upsetting because we're in, like, a different time of age where, like... Yeah, okay, everybody's throwing the threats out. I've got nuclear war. Like, it doesn't have to come to that. Like, mm. it's hard enough for general people to make a living and get ahead in life, let alone dealing with war just over power or, like, a belief. 
Like and I like I'll say it now. Like, I I believe that everybody has their own beliefs and they should like have their own beliefs. But it's um to me we shouldn't be getting to a stage in this day and age where we're still having wars. You know, LEG said it perfectly. Oh dear. Here we go. <laughs> My computer's still not playing the game. Good. He said nothing at all. That was good. Yeah, yeah, that was Here good we go. Chat. Got it. R-E-S-T-E-C-P. Do you even know what that spells? Restecpa? R-E-S-T-E-C-P. Oh, blow this computer up in a minute. Do you even know what that Time spells? Upgrade, mate. We'll Restecpa? Yes. Something Apple. How's anyone out there meant to Restecpa each other? If you lot in here, don't even start. Stepping one another. There you go. Said it perfectly. You know, I heard it loud and clear. With Respect is a big on. thing. Mm. That's the way, like, I am the kind of person. Like, there's a saying. Treat people the way you want to be treated. That's right. That's if you it. treat someone like an arsehole, expect someone to treat you the same way. That's not a swear word before you get your little finger there. That's right. The computer's not playing the game, see? I've already clicked the... the <laughs> There you go, the whistle. Too slow, man. Uh, too slow. Too slow. Uh, what we're going to do now, we're going to have a quick break. We've got uh, eight minutes of our live show. We'll take a quick break and we will be back very shortly. You're listening to the Scott and Jai Show, Mates Helping Mates podcast, live on Facebook. With Big H. Yes, thank you, with Big H. Good to be here. You're listening to the Scott and Jai Show. Mates Helping Mates Podcast. You're listening to the Scott and Jai Show. Here on the Scott and Jai show, live on Facebook. It's the Mates Helping Mates podcast. Just waiting for everybody to come back in from uh, from their break. Thank you for listening. And don't forget you can download the podcast the at the Scott and Jai show.podbean.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Scott and Jai show. Better turn everyone back on. Hopefully I have this computer fixed. There you go. Damn thing. While we're outside, just having a quick break there, just remember this weekend is the referendum. The voice voice to parliament referendum. Um, Jai shared his views last week about the voice referendum. What was your views on the voice referendum again, mate? I think that voting yes isn't the answer. I don't know, like, not not in a racist term. Um, like I said last podcast, that I think that uh, Indigenous culture is a massive part of Australian history and should always be a part of an Australian history, and I think that it should be educated 
through the school systems in every single school and should be a subject that every child going through the school system um, learns about and gets to experience like their culture. Um, do I think that voting yes is going to fix um, anything? No, I think that it's going to divide um, culture and race even more than what it already is. Like The racism th- side of thing has got definitely better. Um, but there's still a long way to go. It's not like I honestly don't think it'll be fixed in my time. Um, but if we get divided even more, we're going to start going backwards. Um, to me, I just think that it's a parliament stunt, so they have more control. Mm. Um, and that's not just going off my opinion, that's going out of my way when I'm in bed having a look at like different things that people have said, like what they have put forward about the yes vote. So you've done your research, basically. Yeah, yeah, I've looked into it um, from the party. Um, I I, Look, I encourage everybody's got their own choice to vote yes, but to me, if you've got to run around townships and put flagpoles all over the town to get a vote, um, well, then something's wrong. Obviously, if it was legit and it was going to help Indigenous people, you wouldn't be having to do that. What you presented first, when it first came about, it would have been, you know, enough to make people realise that it was going to make a change. And you know what? It's I'm quite proud of you, actually, that you may, you've made that statement because in the media there's a lot of, you know, as soon as you say you're voting no, like look at Jacinta Price... Um, as soon as you say no, there's a lot of attacks. And I'm proud of you for getting on here and actually saying exactly how you feel. Yeah, well, That's like, what it's about. Like I said last week, like if you got something to say, like I'm happy to have the conversation. I don't need to um, belittle anybody because that's not what I'm about. Like I'll sit there and have the conversation with someone about it because to me, culture in general is an important thing to understand. Um, like... Both you boys are from New Zealand. Like, you have culture backgrounds. Um, you know, I was born in Australia, but my in heritage is Ireland. And I hate to say it, but um, and New Zealand's not perfect by any means. You know, they still have all those, those, those issues, right? Yeah. But they've gone about it in such a better way than, than what Australia has. Well, it's like the footy grand final. Why do you need an ad to promote the yes vote? Desperation. Yeah, like, it's just to me, like, if I was going to put something forward, say if I owned a business and I had a board of directors and I want to approach my team, what I put in front of them and what they decide is completely their choice, but obviously their choice is reflected of what I put forward. Absolutely. Um, And to me, I don't think that it's going to help anybody. I think that it'll make everything worse. Um... And I don't know if you know about the uh, indigenous culture actually has their own law. Mm. Um, there's places like Armand Land that um, you actually need permission to actually go in there, and and that's where they still do a lot of traditional um, things with their culture, like hunting and um, live off the land. Um, yeah, which we were I, talking about that this week. Yeah. So, like for me, it's definitely a no. Um, 
and I think people, before you vote, like, you've still got two day, well, one day to vote. Tomorrow is the big day. But take your time and actually do the research. Don't make the decision because you've watched the video on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook because a lot of the stuff you see is edited and they want you to see what you want to see and how with Indigenous, um, with the amount of tribes around Australia, right? Australia's a big country. Um, so for Rockhampton, it's Jurumbul people. Um, well, central Queensland, sorry. Um, and there are other cultures um, and tribes that live among, but, like, the main culture is Jurumble. And so all over Australia, in each, in each different state, um, there's different tribes of Indigenous people. Um, and so, to me, I look at it as, like, how is one person meant to make a decision for all these tribes mm. now someone commented on my Facebook the other day when I put up um, a picture of um, an indigenous flag stating that um, not not one tribe can vote for all tribes right and that perfectly said right and this person commented that's why they're going to get all these different people from different tribes to come in well that's where you're wrong the parliament house is only so big that's right you're not going to fit a leader in from every single tribe. Have a look how really big um, Australia is. Um, and when I say states, it's not Canberra, um, Alice Springs, where's Queensland. Like, it's not that. I'm speaking about, like, communities. In each different part of Australia, um, there's different tribes. And some generations come from like their mum might be part of one tribe and their dad's part of a different tribe so you really got to go like understand the dynamic of what you're trying to say like if you're saying that we're going to fit all these different tribes in for one meeting one the inconvenience what is the government going to pay for all these flights to fly to the capital and then have a meeting and fly them back no they're not they're going to make a decision with a small group and that's it to me that's not okay there's different ways to approach helping Indigenous people have a voice and be a part of Australia because yep. we are all one. To That's me, right. every person that lives in this country is all one. You live in Australia, you're a part of Australia. We're Australians. It same comes with the whole protests and doing all that stuff. I don't think that's right. Why haven't they got the $22,000 fine that last process, protest that happened in Sydney... All them people that got caught got a $22,000 fine, but now we're not finding the Israel people that... Jewish people. Ju- Jewish. Uh, no. Who was protesting? The was Jewish people were protesting and everyone about was... Israel. About it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they didn't get a fine, right? So to me, I look at that and I'm like, we're, we're approaching um, the referendum. And if we start throwing fines out of these people, are we going to get backlash from mm. being racist? Yep. Why are you afraid of that? Everybody follows one law. Okay, and the one exception I have to that is Indigenous people because they have their own culture and own law. Um, so I think that it's really important for them, like Armandland, they follow different laws for themselves. But if you're out in the community and you're living in a city, obviously you, you've got to abide by a certain law and structure that everybody else does. That's it. But that's uh, my piece. Do you want to share or no? No? 
No. About the voice? No, I think we're pretty much all on the same page there. Yeah. I, t- I tend not to have an opinion because I'm not voting in the referendum, but I think it's crystal clear. <laughs> Mine is like 100% agree with Jai. So, round of applause again for you, to you, mate, for standing up and doing the the brave thing. There's not a lot of people. Oh, that it's will not get up brave, it's no. just telling the truth. Mm. I think that's a lot of what we lack when it comes to um, the Parliament House. That's it. All right, we're three minutes over time. Thanks, Facebook Live. Um, we'll be back next next Sunday Uh, don't forget to tune in 10am live on Facebook Queensland time follow us uh, follow us at the Scott and Jai show Facebook Instagram and YouTube you can download our podcast uh, the Scott and Jai show dot podbean dot com or wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, etc., etc., etc. And this week's story time, Big H is going to share his story. We're going to get into that very Next shortly. Time, Scott and Jai's story time. Real stories from real people. And if you're feeling affected by today's stories, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636 or Lifeline on 131-114. Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 and of course Men's Line Australia on 1300 789 978. And this week's story time, uh, as we said in the live, uh, welcome back again, Big H. Good to be here. I'm going to play your intro again. Yeah, go for it. Remember the computer's just. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Got a very special guest coming on. We do. Can't wait. We do. <laughs> you guys are so excited. I am I so excited. You guys uh, are like a will. pair of giggling schoolgirls. Oh. You really are. <laughs> it's been too long. Hey, what? I brought tears to talking about Big H. Welcome back. Hey, good to be here. Um... Loving what you guys are doing with the podcast. It's, um, yeah, I've been listening every week and just the stories that are coming through. Um, yeah, quite a lot of them have, have really hit me um, and just made me think about uh, different things and where I've come from and, and what my journey's been. So, um, yeah, big ups to you guys for what you're doing. I think it's just awesome um, that there's a platform for guys. Um, and and women as well to come and speak so freely and openly. Um, I was messaging Scotty a couple of weeks ago, like just the story that that Katie shared, and obviously knew a fair bit of it being family, but mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of other stuff that um, I I didn't realise, um, and yeah, that that really hit me pretty hard. So um, and then you know same with Jai last week, like. Just what you shared, um, being so open, and I think that's the key. It's that's what's gonna unlock things for people. It's like it's actually okay to talk about this stuff, and it's actually okay to get help um, instead of bottling it up and letting it come out in some other way. So, um, yes, yeah, seriously, stoked for this podcast and and huge support. So. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. So, yeah. Um, Story time. So, I've been thinking about this a little bit. And, um, 
it's um, yeah brought up a lot of things that I hadn't thought about for a long time, but um, really impacted my life. So, kind of a bit of a backstory. Um, sort of growing up when we were kids and that sort of thing, there was. Oh, it was as normal a childhood as our parents could make it, and um, you know our, our parents are awesome. Um, Mum and Dad, they they protected us kids from absolutely everything that they could. And um, you know, you, you're talking, Scotty, the other week about it takes a big person to come into a family um, and take on someone else's kids, um, and that's exactly what Dad did for us mm-hmm. um so scott and i um we're 100 percent brothers um but um yeah we're from different parents and i'll put it that way because like you said I, I don't like the word step um but mum and dad they, they they were awesome they've been huge support for us um over the years so um yeah so as as i was Growing up and getting older, into my teenage years, um, I started really thinking a lot about um, life and how things went down with my biological dad and and other bits and pieces. And I actually started getting really angry, um, really angry. I'd have, I'd have huge outbursts. Um, and sort of the older I got, closer to my twenties, the worse they got. Um, and it actually got to a point where I remember one afternoon, um, mum sat me down. She said, um, are you on drugs? I was like, no, mum, like I haven't touched them. Um, and, and like that's 100% true. I'd, I'd never touched drugs. I smoked and drunk alcohol and that sort of stuff, but I never I never touched drugs. But because of my behaviour, um, they were just like, "What? what is it that's triggering this? And... Um, so we sort of went on a bit and then 17, 18 um, was still the same but it was like my first year out of high school and um, I was just trying to work out where I sat in life and and why I was feeling the way I was feeling and, and why all these things were happening. Um, when I was sort of 17 and a half, um, I had a breakup with, with a girl and I was staying with a mate over the weekend, and um, hit me pretty hard. It sort of came out of nowhere, and so hung out with him and had a few beers and that sort of thing. And um, he said to me on the Saturday night, "It's like, hey, you reckon you could um, give me a lift to church on Sunday?" And in my head, I was like, "He's talking about going to the pub, <laughs> mate." I'll, I'll absolutely. He goes, do you want to come? I was like, yeah, mate, for sure, but I'm not driving. Like, we're going to the pub. He goes, nah, man, we're going to church. Like, like church, church? He's like, yeah, I started going. And it really took me by surprise, just kind of the relationship we had. And so um, we, I, I drove him down there to Vicky Point, and um, the... Got there and he goes, oh, just come inside and meet some people. And, you know, I did the old, oh, no, nah, mate, the place will burn down if I walk through the door. And, <laughs> um, he kind of just looked at me like, you're an idiot, just hop out of the car. So went inside and, um, like, to be completely real, 
I met some of the most incredible people um, I'd come across. Um, they knew absolutely nothing about my life or where I'd been or what I'd done. And first thing they said, we're so glad you're here, gave me a hug, and there was just this instant acceptance. Um, and I guess for me, acceptance had always been a big thing. Um, it had nothing to do with, with mum um, or... or um, dad and stepdad like they they never made me feel that way but just through a lot of other stuff my biological father acceptance was a was a really hard issue um it kind of felt like I always had to strive in that in that area so to walk into a place where I'd never been and felt that straight away I was like man this is awesome so I actually kept going um every week and um it was a Christian church um and my whole belief system from growing up younger was was with Catholic, the Catholic Church, and my experience through that kind of pushed me away more than anything. Um, so I was real anti-church in general, um, but this was different. And so that was happening, and and I was, I was starting to feel um, like I was kind of getting somewhere. Then when I hit. I was about 19, um, things started going haywire again, um, I was unable to regulate my emotions, um, I was just angry, um, again it was coming back to anger to do with my, my biological father and, and childhood and, and all this sort of stuff, um, and where it kind of came to a peak, um, Dad was really good at, I guess, protecting us kids um, from doing silly things. Um, he, this one night, I was like absolutely peaking. Um, I was real angry. And so he actually went around the house and locked all the deadlocks because he knew that where I was at, I was hopping in my car and I was taking off. And, um, had I've hopped in my car, there's well, the way I was feeling, I reckon there's every chance I probably wouldn't have come home. Definitely not in one piece. So <laughs> he uh, he deadlocked all the doors and um, I got to the front door and I... Hmm, I actually had him held up around the neck and I had my fist raised. And he just looked at me like dead in the eyes and he's like, if this is going to make you feel better, then just do it. It was like, he didn't care the outcome for him. He was just so focused on me getting out whatever I needed to get out to be okay. Mm. Um, and it just stopped me in my tracks. Um, and I just sort of broke down. And again, I just, I'm trying to work out why am I, why am I feeling this way? And um, the other things that were going on, I was always so tired, no matter how much sleep I got, there was, it was a few different things. So um, after talking with a friend, I actually ended up going off to the doctor and, um, and they did some, they did a few tests um, and 
ended up diagnosing me with depression, um, which was a confusing thing for me. Um, there was stuff that kind of made sense, and I was like, why am I depressed? Like, how has this all happened? And um, and it kind of sent me on a bit of a roller coaster, um, trying to work that out and feeling like, you know, okay, there's something wrong with me. Like, I'm sick. And that didn't make me feel any better about myself. It, it if anything, kind of made things worse. Um, and so I'm still, I'm still going to church. And and at this point, I was doing um, quite a lot of music in the church. I was a bass player. Um, I was one of the youth leaders, and I was, I was doing a few different things. And so I ended up having a chat with my youth pastor, and just said, "Hey, this is what's going on." Um, I guess kind of reaching out a little bit. Um, and what ended up happening is I got everything stripped off me. So what I was doing in leadership, um, music, all these things was like, well, you can't, you can't be serving while you've got this going on. And so once I was out the other side, like I understood a lot of where they were coming from. It's like, you know, you can't be in a leadership position, especially with youth, while you're struggling with all of this. Mm. Um, like, I understood that. But at the time, I was just like, the things that were kind of keeping me going just got stripped. And, and I felt alienated. And it was like people just stopped inviting me to things. And, um, yeah, it was it was a super hard time. So... Um, kept sort of going through the motions and, and kind of trajectory kept going down. There was an afternoon um, I'd gone down to the church. They had a prayer room upstairs. We could just put on music and just chill. It was like an awesome little space with air conditioning. And, and I went up there and I was just sitting there and I was like, I'm just, I'm done. Like... There's, ev- everything's getting stripped away. People that were friends are kind of pulling away. Um, there's no one really to talk to. I was never really one for talking to mum and dad about problems. Um, I just wanted to kind of keep things. Um, never stopped them asking and never stopped them checking in. But I, I just became a real closed book. And and I was sitting sitting up in this room... Um, and I had my eyes closed, and I just said, Lord, I'm done. I'm done with life. It's just, it's not, not for me anymore. And I was, I was planning my way out. And, um, and all these thoughts are going through my head of, of how I could make that happen. And, but I was just, I was, I was so done, like a, Then my phone rings, and the lady who ended up going on to marry my wife and I later on, um, she was an incredible lady in the church, um, and she did a bit of counselling stuff with women, and and she called me like in that moment. Um, she's like, "Hey, where are you?" I said, "I'm in the prayer room at church, but I'm done. Like, I'm I'm out of here." She's like, where are you going? 
I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be on this earth anymore. Um, and ended up saying, you know, I'm in the prayer room at church. Um, she's like, just give me 10 minutes. Just give me 10 minutes. Her husband comes down in the car, rocks up, um, comes upstairs, and he's like, come on, we're, we're going to go hang out. And took me back to their place, and that's all we did. We hung out. We didn't talk about anything. We watched a movie. We had some dinner. Um, he he was a real funny kind of guy. He was an old older guy, always cracking jokes. and um, So we just had this really cool hangout. And nothing got spoken about. Um, I was like, oh, this is weird. Um, then when I was leaving, um, Rhonda had said, Hamish, there are people that care about you. There are people that absolutely love you. And the place would not be the same if, if you weren't here. Like, you need to understand, you would be missed. And, and there's, a, there's a whole group of people that are cheering you on in this. Um, and I said, like, that sounds awesome, but where the heck are they? Um, and so they, they became like a really big support for me and would check in on me daily and, um, basically if there was any of those thoughts that would kind of pop up again, she was like, just call me and we'll come and hang out. We don't need to talk. Um, and so that kind of kept things going for a bit, but nothing was improving on the depression side of things or how I was feeling. It was just um, this big black cloud that just hung over me. And so um, at the time I was I was working for uh, a company driving trucks. I was young. Um, I was driving trucks in the utes, delivering all the stuff out to work sites. And there's a radio station, 96.5, and they used to play this thing at 10 o'clock every day called Focus on the Family. And it would be a guy who would come on and just talk about different struggles in family life and different bits and pieces, and um, and he'd kind of talk about, you know, where the Bible sat on this stuff. And um, it, it was just awesome. Like, I'd listen to it and it'd just make, you know, it'd be uplifting for where I was at so this particular day um, up to this I'd had people try and say um, you know you need to go medication um, it's going to help out and I was just so against um, antidepressants because of all the stories about people being addicted and that yep. sort of stuff um, but yeah there, there was a lot of people saying this and then and counselling was the other thing, and sort of growing up um, when my parents split, I got put into counselling. Um, obviously, wasn't handling it so well. I don't have huge memory of that actual time when they split, um, but it wasn't good. It wasn't a good situation. It wasn't amicable. It, yeah. Um, so. When I'd go and stay with my dad, he took me to this counsellor and this guy was just weird, man. Like he he just gave off such a strange vibe and he always talked about weird stuff. Um, I remember he'd, he'd talk a bit about um, 
sexual abuse and this sort of stuff, but not like in a normal sense. It, it just felt slimy. Yeah. Um, I was like, why is this guy talking to me about this? Like, this is not my story. Like, I've had nothing to do with this. And he just had weird stuff hanging up around his house and um, where he'd do his meetings was up in this attic. It was... Anyway, wasn't a good experience. Then mum and dad, stepdad, um, they got me into counselling and it was kind of this group of other kids going through the same thing and it went for a few weeks. It was like one morning, like a Monday morning every week or something. And so I'd go to that and that was okay, but they'd just ask you all these questions and you'd have some chips and popcorn and um, to be fair, I probably enjoyed going just because of the chips and popcorn. But but it was just like my experience of counselling wasn't wasn't good. And and mum had been someone saying you need counselling, you need to talk to someone about this. And I was like, I'm not going back into that system, like because it's just a joke. They don't actually care. They're getting paid. Um, so I'm sitting in my car and I was out in the middle of nowhere. I'd just done a delivery. And folks on the family comes on. And the story they're doing on that day was with a guy who had had full-blown depression, um, had spiraled down and down for a long time. And the turning point for him was when he actually reached out and spoke to a Christian counsellor. Um and he started taking like a very mild antidepressant and and his words were this isn't i'm not having this to um to fix the problem because it doesn't but i'm having this because it gets me into a headspace where i can talk about it um and it was like as he's saying all this it was like he was reading my mail it was like He's word for word saying exactly how I'm feeling about the whole situation. Um, and at the end of it, he's like, if, if you're feeling this way, I encourage you, like, step out, talk to someone, see your doctor, etc., etc." So I was like, okay. Um, I then made an appointment to go to the doctor and he said, yep, yeah, we'll prescribe something. The... The hard thing with antidepressant medication is it's like there's no one tablet for everyone. It's kind of you've got to go through them to see which one works for you. Um, and the first one he gave me made me immediately worse, like immediately. I had the darkest thoughts I'd ever had. Um, I had these absolutely hectic dreams um like really wild dreams where i was just doing stuff that i'd never even think of mm. like it was hectic and i was like what the heck is this guy giving me so i go back to the doctor i was like mate what the heck are you giving me like this stuff is junk he's like i'm having dreams about doing stuff to people like it was so full-on hallucinating and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um I was like, I feel way worse. I was like, you've screwed the pooch on this one, mate. Like, <laughs> just... So he goes... And that was when he explained 
Oh yeah, no, no. The thing with with these is it's you know it's a bit hit and miss. We've got to find the one that works for you. I was like, cool. That would have been a really good discussion two days ago Let's before start, you yeah. you prescribe me anything. A bit of a heads up would have been awesome. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, cool. Um, prescribe you this other one, but you've now got to wait three days for that to come out of your system before you start another one. It's like, mate, three days of this, like you got to be kidding. You made a depressed guy more depressed. And now I've got hallucinations happening. Jesus. And so I had to be, just kind of surround myself with people in those few days because it, it was, it got worse before it got better. Then um, thankfully the next one worked and I was on such a mild dose. It was like half a tablet. It wasn't even a whole tablet. Um, and it immediately worked. And where I was working, where there's a big warehouse where we put the trucks in and we loaded them. Yeah. And I had this tablet. And then, like, I'm, like, doing laps around my truck. <laughs> and, and the other guys are like, mate, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I just got energy. Like, I'm going to go. I was, I was so G'd up. And so I'm, like, cutting laps around my truck. I'm running up and down the aisles. My boss um, was, he was awesome, an old Kiwi fella. He came out and he understood the whole depression thing. He had been through it with his kids and he's like, Hamish, what's going on, pal? I was like, I don't know, but I got this, this, this new tablet and it's like working wonders. Um, he goes, yeah, cool, like, but you've just like, got to slow down. I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah no worries. Off chops. Um, it was, oh, mate, it was full on. Um, sort of as it went on, um, and my body got used to it, it kind of dialed me in a bit. And that was the other thing. I was super blessed in that period of life. The company I worked for, um, my immediate boss was, he, he was incredible. Like he would chat to me every day, just check in on how I was going. His boss above him, um, he was another guy. He and his wife were in church. They were, um, I think they were Samoan or Tongan. Anyway, they they were awesome, and he would check in on me every day, and like he invited me over to have dinner with him and his wife. And it was like I had these these people that were starting to show up, yeah, and starting to care. Um, so yeah, I I'm on this medication. It gets dialed in. And then mum was still really pushing um, the counselling thing. I was like, okay, if you can find me a Christian counsellor that's not going to charge because I didn't earn much. And mum and dad were going to cover it anyway, but I was like, no, no, this is what I want. Like, Christian counsellor that's, yeah, like not going to charge the earth. Um you know, that's not like another Fruit Loop counsellor. I was Someone like, that'll be on your level. Yeah, I was like, I'll do it. And in the back of my head, and I haven't had this conversation with mum, but um, in the back of my head, I'm going, she's never going to find it. Like, that just doesn't exist. Like, they're in it to make money. The very next day, she rings me. She's like, hey, so I got you booked in for counselling. I was like, what do you mean? It's like I found, um, there was a church in Brisbane called Brisbane City Church and they had this um, incredible um, 
set up called um, like Hope Care. And so there were all these buildings in the valley and they had counsellors there. They had safe houses for people. They, they gave out food packages. Like it was this incredible system. And I was like, yeah, but like, is she like an actual counsellor? Or is this just, you know, another church thing yep. from what I had already experienced? And she's like, no, no, this is the real deal. Um, and so I was like, okay. And so my whole journey through depression, it was like my faith and, and my belief um, in God and what was happening in church played a very big role in my healing process. Um, and so... We rock up to this this counsellor, it was like four in the afternoon, and mum goes, cool, I'll just be here like when you're done. I was like, no, that's not the deal, You've, you're coming with me, because I don't know what I'm walking into, and um, it was almost like as a 19 or 20 year old, I came back to this like scared boy, I was like, mm-hmm. I just, you need to come. So she came in with me, and... Um, I still had absolutely no idea what I was going to talk about because I was like, I don't know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I don't know what the basis of this is. And we got in there and there was this lovely lady. I can't remember her name. Um, But the first thing we did, she was like, can we just pray first um, and and just see where that takes us? I was like, cool, let's do it. And so um, she prayed. And I just listened, and once she finished, it was like word vomit. Just started coming out, and it was all to do with my relationship with my biological father and all the stuff I'd gone through with that. Um, the the rejection I'd felt that whole time, which was what really was fueling the anger, um, and... Even just, like, when my sister and I used to go there on school holidays, it just always felt like it was just a box getting ticked. Um, You know, we'd spend a week there, but 90% of that week is we're sent off to the movies, we're sent off to the swimming pool, we're sent off to do something else. There wasn't actually a lot of time spent. And, like, he was a paramedic in a small town, so being on call... You know, they bring the ambulance home, but he's like always work mode. And so it was, again, it was like, I wasn't seeing anything um, from him as a dad, or what I needed as a son, yep. um, other than just some money getting put on it, or we'd go shopping, um, and he'd buy us things. And it's like, as you get older, you realize that actually means crap, like, I don't care about money. Mm. Um, I don't care about the things you're buying me. I don't care that we're going to the movies or whatever. I actually just want to sit and hang with my dad or go out into the shed and do something. Or um, And the lady he was with, like, you know, she was pretty full on. And it was just, I wasn't getting anything from him. And while, um, you know, other dad with, with mum, he's kind of pouring into me everything he can. It it was like, yeah, but you're not, you're not dad. Like, and th- this is as I'm a kid, 
this is my thought process. Mm. It's like my biological dad needs to be doing these things. So um, we have this like hour, hour and a half of me just absolutely spilling my guts and I was in tears and mum was in tears and it was like it was finally starting to to come out. So um, we finished that session and it was like I felt like weight had been lifted and um, we, I kept going back for a few weeks um, and straight away I got cut down to a quarter of a tablet of the stuff and I ended up just giving it away. I was like, I don't need this. Um, like I've actually found the core of why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling and it was so much based on insecurity and acceptance um, and having this lady to talk to, like, was kind of what really helped so it was like to, to anyone who you know is struggling in that area it was like you know this is very much my journey and how it worked for me um but if you can find the right person to talk to man it makes a world of difference um everything just falls out yeah and and for me it's like i i still will not say to someone you know go and you need the antidepressants they're gonna like my journey was that, but so many other people, that does way worse for them mm. because the addiction comes and all this other stuff. Um, so it's like, yes, that worked for me, but I won't go and scream that, like, this is the fix. You know what I mean? Um, it, it was very much a a mixture of that and having the right person to talk to and having the support of family who supported me as much as I would let them. And it was at this point that I really opened up and I was like, yeah, mum, I actually need help. Um, and so then we could have open conversation. Um, and it was the same with, you know, um, our sister. Like, I wouldn't chat to her because I was like, you're just going to go to mum and dad. But it was like it just opened up so many networks of communication. Um, Nothing's changed that we're older. No, oh, absolutely not. Um, but then I could start seeing things properly and for what they were instead of just going, that's an attack against me, that's an attack against me, and going, okay, this happened because you're actually trying to help. Um, you know, on the church side of things, I understand why I was taken out of a leadership role. Like, um, and I was put back into music and it was like, music was such a big part of my life and still is even more so now I'd say. Um, but getting back into that place and being back into that team also was, was doing wonders. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my story. It's like fast forwarding to now, um, you know, married just, just uh, celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary um, on the 11th, two days ago. Um, I've literally got it tattooed <laughs> on my arm. <laughs> when Sim and I got married, we got a matching tattoo, and I was like, I need to get the date in there somewhere. That is and, such a good idea. Mate, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at that. Um, and Sim's got the exact same tattoo. But um, we're married, we've got two beautiful kids... Um, another one on, yeah, another one on the way. 
We probably need to put that out on Facebook. We've told all the family. <laughs> I've told all the family, but other people. <laughs> anyway, well, the I mean, Scott Dye Show podcast. Yeah, let, let's be fair. Anyone that sees Simmy now, she, she's very visibly pregnant. Like bringing the breaking news. That's great. It's um, yeah. There, there's there's no confusing that with anything else. It's anyway. So yeah, two soon to be three beautiful kids and um. And in terms of my faith journey and and everything with church, like it's it's gone from strength to strength. It's I feel like in that moment I could have very much gone the other way, um, and felt like why has this been put on me? It's not fair, but it you know what it it forced me to deal with things that I had just shoved in the back. Um, and I think as men, we're really good at doing that not dealing with it, putting it in the box and just shelving it and just staying in our nothing box. Um, It forced me to deal with that. And I think if I had not have dealt with it at that age and it had come through into marriage, into kids, um, man, it would have been a schmozzle. Like, um, yeah, so I'm super thankful for how that all happened. I'm super thankful that... I'm here, um, and yeah, I've just gone from strength to strength, so that's sort of my story. It's funny, because we normally, Joe and I normally ask questions halfway through, but all the questions that I had coming in my mind, you'd already kind of answered them. Oh, good. As we were going along. Yeah. Is there probably only one thing that like, I struggle with, because it's the way I conduct myself now, is like when you said that... You lost a lot of people. People stopped reaching out to you. That's hard for me because, like, with all my friends now, including you, you're pretty much like a brother to me. But that's not friendship. Like, regardless of... Well, that's most probably where I tear from a lot of belief things. Because that hit home for me because I went through a very similar thing um, when I was in my early 20s. And that was a really close call too. But, um, like... Friends have you back no matter what. Like. Yeah, I, I think on that side, I was really good at keeping people at an arm's distance. Yeah. Um, there wasn't like, there wasn't deep relationship. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not backing what happened, but it was like from my part, I was really good at keeping people at yeah. arm's distance and not like letting, a safety net for not yourself. letting people in so much. Yeah. Um. You know, I had a couple of really deep, good friends, um, but it was like none of them were any good at trying to understand. Trying to understand, or it would just be like, well, let's just cover it with some jokes, and yeah, and do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. um, like, had I've been at on the end of a ledge, they would have flipped and tackled me off it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. But in terms of my other relationships in church, at that time, I kept everyone at arm's distance. Um, whereas, yeah, I think these days, since dealing with all of that, um, like I've got some just extremely close people in my life that know almost everything that's going on. Um, and if, if they see a change in me, messages start flowing mate what's going on 
Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, I wish I'd been more like that back then because the journey would have been easier. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, a big part of it, you've got to, got to take your own journey too because it also helps form who you are today. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like I said to Scott, I think it was the last podcast, the, the people that you surround yourself is the people that you'll end up being yeah, like. That's right. Um, because it, regardless whether that's not who you are as a person, like yeah. when you're surrounded by a certain type of people, yeah. whether they drink every weekend, you're eventually going to drink every weekend. Mm. Um, I think we can also experience that as a, a young, younger men. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like for us now, like well, we, when we lived together, we used to drink most weekends. Um and now, like, we pretty much don't want to guess we don't want to wake up and do this on a Sunday. I'll go back. It says to me, it says, like, because obviously we're planning on having a, having a few over the next couple of days. It says to me, big fella, midnight. At midnight, that's it, game over. I said, why, mate? Why, what's going on? He goes, I just... We've got to get up, we've got to do things, we've got to be up early, and I'm just... I'm not built for it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is yeah. so, because, like... I don't know, when I was, like, early 20s, I didn't realise how much of a day... Like, and a day is a big... Yeah. Like, it's not just a five-hour thing. Like, it's 12 hours that yeah. you can accomplish a lot within a day, right? Yeah. And when you work Monday to Friday, that they're your two days that yeah. you've got to, like, try and get everything you need to get done. Yeah, recovery. Um, yeah, like, whether it's rest and relaxation, spend some time with the kids. And yeah, that's right. Do things like this, or plan, like, you know, your studies. Um, as a teenager and a younger man, like, I started drinking, I think, when I was, my first drink was when I was, like, 14. Yeah. Um, and as I got older and, like, kept on getting worse and worse, like, the amount of days I could have been out on the beach or, mm. you know, making, you know, decisions I'm making now with helping yeah. within a community like it's yeah. just it's hard you don't realise who you're at this like age group where you like right. as much as it's enjoyable and I'm all about ce- celebrating special moments but you don't need to drink every weekend yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny as as you were doing your story and, and like I said normally John and I ask questions on the yeah, fly um, <laughs> also <laughs> 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 but it's funny, like, normally when someone's doing this story, I'm normally behind the scenes here clicking and making mm. sure that everything's working and going. I don't know if you noticed, but I stopped. I mm. just had my hands up. And the funny part about it is I remember all of that stuff happening because it all kind of happened at the same same time where, we, like, you and I were going through stuff separately but mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, like, I don't remember any of that sort of stuff. Like, I never I never saw, I think probably once, mm. once or twice I saw you in, in a state that it wasn't you. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, you know, it was like you walk in the front door and yeah. different Credits person. to your parents, though. Like, oh, I get that, that first bit about time, the story about your dad, how he locked the house and the, the, what you did. Is I've been in a very similar situation with my pop um, when we actually first moved to Rocky and both had been drinking and my pop just had something to say and I ended up getting in, getting in his face. And it's such a... 
it's a hurtful thing when that's not who you are as yeah. a person. Mm. Um, like, I know that's not you as a person. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, your credits really have to go out to, like, your, your dad. Absolutely. Like, obviously, you see him as your dad. Like, I, I get where Scott's coming from. Like, yeah. I don't look at Scott or yourself as, you know, we're definitely not from the fame, yeah. family dynamics. I'm a lot shorter than both of you. Um, <laughs> I have hair. Scott doesn't. Um... But I see you as my brothers, like, yeah. more mm. than just, like, my mates. And I, I've Same, yeah. got a lot of family friends that are more family to me than yeah. what my own family yeah. are. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's very hard for me to listen to that because it's not often that I listen to someone's story and it, like, hits. Mm. Whereas, like, yeah, I've, I've been down that road. I know how dark shit gets, yeah. like... It's and it's uh, the acceptance. Yeah, I've got a lot with the brain injury side of things. Like, yeah, red like hit home a lot. Stop crying. You're gonna make me cry in a minute. No, no. I nearly broke when you cried. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's it's just reliving that, but also just the huge respect for mum and dad. Like, oh, they. Yeah. Man, they they put up with some stuff. Like dad, <laughs> he had some funny ways of dealing with things. Um. I remember my sister, she was, like, real good at slamming the door when she was ticked off. He was like, Kylie. And he would always be real calm, like, real calm. Like, Kylie, you do that again, and you loosen the door. <laughs> right? And, and she's just like, not having it. Like, not going to happen. Sure enough, next day or two comes, and I'm sitting there going, oh, here we go. She's loosening the door. It's on. She slams the door. And I've, like, opened my door. I'm like, I want to be, like, a fly on the wall for this. Dad's just like, cool. Walks down the hallway out to the garage. Comes back in, testing the drill, you know. Make sure she's working. Goes to Kylie's room. Takes out the screws. Grabs the... She's screaming and Karen. He doesn't say a word. Grabs the door, walks back out to the garage. Goes back and sits on the couch. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. He did it to me too. Left the light on. If you leave that light on, you'll have yeah. no light bulbs. Come on, no light bulb. Uh, he was a crack up then. Um, oh, when I was going through all the stuff, I'd left home and and like they had bought me my first car, and they were like, "Fine, you're out of here. The car st- the car stays." And so the car got parked right in against the fence. Dad has chained it with a bike lock to the fence. And so I've come over knowing that they'll be at work and I still have my garage remote to get into the garage. Not knowing my sister would be home and that was a whole nother thing. She's like, what are you doing? I've gone into Dad's toolbox, grabbed the grinder, cut the, um, the bike lock and I know he had taken the battery out of it because I'd done like a recon mission before. I was like, there's no battery and it's locked up. So I bought another battery with me, put it in the car. Stupid Hamish, who had no mechanical bone in his body, has put the battery in and then wired it backwards and blew the main fuse. <laughs> so it was game over. <laughs> so not only could I not get the car, um, I then had to pay the expensive bill to get it fixed. Um but yeah, he just had a way of doing things, and it taught um, you a lot, though. Oh, it taught me heaps. Um, yeah. Like he, 
he was just the real deal. Like he he had some real different kind of mentalities, but his morals like are incredible. I remember when him and Mum first got together and it was the first night we stayed at his house and there was Coke in the fridge. I was like, sweet, so I go and pour a Coke. He goes, mate, what are you doing? I said, just having some Coke. He goes, Coke's not for kids. And I remember looking at Mum going, who the heck is this? Telling me I can't have Coke. And she's like, no, no, well, you know, it's right. You can't have Coke. It's like, Mum! We always have Coke. And so, literally, for that whole period, as a kid, never had Coke. He was like, Coke's not for kids. It's like the caffeine and all the stuff. We had other soft drinks. Yeah. But he was just like, you're not having Coke. Um, so, he, his morals were so strong. Um, and he, like, he was firm when he needed to be. Um, he would have a chat when you needed it. Um and and he would give me a hug if I needed a hug. And I think, you know, that, that really does take a big man to take on, yeah, someone else's kids, but in the teenage years, the really hard years. With the he, hormones, testosterone, yeah. and all the, That's you it. know, extra added that comes with it. Three boys, two, uh, sorry, three boys and a girl. And a girl. Mm. And, imagine that. And yeah. he just, he just did it all. He I never felt like I was not his son. Mm. Never. Um, he he would come to rugby games. He coached rugby teams I was in and, and did all the stuff. And that's, I think, you know, even coming into older life, we spent heaps of time together. And whenever we were, we were in the shed doing stuff or he can never sit still um, until the afternoon when the footy's on and then he'll watch about two and a half minutes and fall asleep. But... Um, when they moved to Perth, like, man, I was devastated. Like, kind of held it together. Um, but in in my head, I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, because, um, well, I also love mum too. Like, she she's an absolute saint. Um, but when they were moving over, I was like, okay, it's not just my parents moving to Perth. I'm actually losing the best mate. Um, yeah. because that was where our relationship got to, um, as, as I became a real adult and, you know, those two as grandparents are just the absolute best thing in the world for our kids. And, um, yeah, just huge respect for, for mum and dad. Um, you know, dad was always really sort of the, the calming of, of the storm, um, 90, eight percent of the time um and you know if if things got too much or we really riled up mum um he would just he'd sort it out so yeah huge respect for for mum and dad and and that's why we are the way absolutely i think like one thing that uh, anybody listening um you most probably realizes a lot of men could relate to the father situation. Mm. Um, not like on the, like, having that person. Like, I personally can't relate to that. Mm. Um, nothing against my mum, but my mum had multiple partners. Yep. And um, me growing up in care, I wasn't really in the family dynamic as such. I was on weekends. Um, but, like, I never really had... My pop was my dad. Mm. 
my pop turned up when I like yeah. did something stupid or got into a fight, or if I got chucked into the detention room with padded walls just so I didn't break any windows. Yeah. My pop, I guarantee you, I still remember him walking down that hallway. And the moment I heard his voice, I'd be cursing mm. the whole time. The moment I heard the yeah. first out of his voice, pure silence. Yeah. And I, like, I still remember, like, the calm, like, thank you so much for looking after him. Like, I'll take him home. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you knew that you, that this wasn't over. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole time walking out to the car, he was calm, collected. But, like, in the, <laughs> your head, you're like, this is just getting started. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, like, and, like, same with, like, as a kid, like, pop, you'd do something wrong and you'd run because yeah. you knew you were getting fucked. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was no ifs or buts about it. Yeah. Um, and, like, I remember one time I ran out the front door and Crossroad, we had Mod 10. And I ran out there and I hid, like, and I used to have, like, this plant and then it was a drop and then it was, like, Mod yeah. 10. I used to hide there and I could see the front door. Pop light walked down and he's like, either way, you're going to get hungry. <laughs> and I'll be waiting here for you when you go back. Yeah. No word of a lie, that man's dedication of waiting for me to come through that door <laughs> was on point. Like, we're talking hours. Like, he knew that eventually I'd come through that door. Yeah. Like, I was never a skinny kid, so yeah. I liked my food. Like, um, so he knew I was coming back for a tucker, yeah. but it was just hard to get, a, get the flogging over and done with. But same thing, had moles. Like, always respecting Nan. Like, yeah. And part of my brain injury, I, I went through a stage where, like, I had no control over my anger. And, like, I was such a mean kid but don't remember any of it but mm. like some of the stories like broke my heart yeah and because my grandparents are like mo- the most important my pop was my role model yeah my pop's who I want to be as a husband like yeah. um, and by any means my like pop was never a perfect man growing up either and I think a lot of men can relate to that we yeah. you have to go through a certain time in your life of a journey mm. of fail- failures to become yeah. the man and that's why I say like su- success is not based on what's in your bank account. It's yeah. based on who you are as a person and what people... Like, when you leave this earth, what are people going to say? That's right. Are you going to, in 20 years' time after you're gone, are people still going to bring you up? That's right. Well, you look at us, you know, three out of four of us have done all right. That's mm. <laughs> <laughs> a low blow. <laughs> yeah. Reese doesn't listen to the podcast, so there you go. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> he'll, he'll be right. He'll be right. <laughs> Well, I think, look, some people's journeys just take a little bit longer than everybody else's. And it's good too because that journey of everything that mum and dad went through, um, that's like a template. Yeah. I still can't wait to meet your parents. Yeah. I know so much about them, like, and I know that, like, Mm. when you talk to them, they always ask how I am. Yep. It's it's real weird, like, someone knowing a fair bit about me, but I don't actually know who they are. I think that's something they both did so super well, is that um, with four kids, two from each marriage, there was never a time that ever us felt like they were not mum and dad. It was, that's what the relationship was like. Um, If dad needed to step in and discipline me, then that's what he did. And that was from day one. Like, um, And that's dedication too, because obviously there's a lot of backlash being... In that situation, or like remember, situation. Yeah. remember when we were kids too. This is something that I remember. So, Reese and I went to the school literally down the road. So, yeah. at the end of the street where we lived, that's where Reese and I went to school. And Hamish and Kylie went to school on the other side of town. Yeah. <clears throat> and Mum 
where that that's how the morning routine was. Dad was away. He did a lot of rural banking work. Yeah, yeah he was away for work, and so Mum would get all four of us ready and put us in the car and go and do the school run and then go to work herself. And then after school, come around and pick us all up and then and doing that by yourself. Like, it's a lot. Like. That's, that takes a very special person. Yeah. I also remember the time there was... Um, oh, we'd been promised McDonald's. Um, <laughs> we're, all get, we're all getting taken out for dinner. It was like midweek. Going to Macca's. The night before... Old Reesey boy, he was no good with his veggies. He uh, he would sit there and he would throw them up and and mum was like, mate, I don't care how regurgitated or chewed up it is, it's getting eaten. Yep. So it, there was this one night and she was like, look, if you don't eat it, you're not going to Macca's tomorrow. Um, so it turns out he didn't eat it. So that night... Mum takes Scott, Kylie, and I down to Macca's, and um, and we had a great time. Reese is at home with Dad. Then then we get home, and we're sitting in the lounge, and you just hear the conversation transpiring between Mum and Dad. So Ken, what did Reese have for dinner? Oh, two minute noodles. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't give a kid noodles for dinner, and oh, it went to town. And then the next night, the, the go was, if he ate his dinner that night, mum would take him out to McDonald's and we would stay home. And it was like, that's like getting given a free pass. What kid's not going to eat all of his two-minute noodles for dinner? And then he just gets Maccas out of it. Exactly. We had to do the hard yards and eat the flipping veggies. Like, <laughs> yeah, mum was not impressed. And there, there was many times it was like, Ken. And us kids were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't squint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even as teenagers, you hear it. You hear the Ken Hamish and I look at each other and go, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm like that with my mum now. Like, I have a pretty solid relationship with my mum. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, if my mum says my full name, I'm, like, scared. Yeah. Like, I'll fall a little bit there, big fella. Like, I'm scared. Like, as soon as that giant Michael Hennessy comes out, boom. Yeah. You just know, or the look. I don't know if you just got a look when you were kids. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. Like the mum look. Like yeah. You keep going. And yeah. And we're out of. Yeah, no, it was oh, stern. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We better uh, get into the uh, last part of the podcast. Hamish, thank you for sharing your story. No worries. It's very powerful. And that was the Scott and Jai show for another week. The computer actually started to work towards the end of the podcast. Well, there you go, it's always the way. That's why I'm going to teach oh, one of the girls to do it. Thinking, I'll just say it. <laughs> uh, I lost my, I always lose my train of thought at this point on the podcast. Thanks uh, for coming in today, mate. We, we have had so much fun. Yeah, it's good to be here. here. Always welcome. Who would have thought the in. world listened to these three Muppets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's good. Um, so don't forget, <clears throat> download the podcast, thescottandjaishow.podbean.com. Follow us on social media at the Scott and Jai Show, YouTube, Facebook, 
Instagram. We should have some videos up there later on today. Jai, anything you want to say before we check out, bud? Thanks, Big H, for coming on. Um, and just everybody, uh, like I said earlier, make sure you look into um, behind information of what the referma- referendum is about and um, because obviously your vote matters and that's what will make the final decision. That's it. And I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend and we'll see you next week. Big H, anything you want to say before we depart? Nah, just thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to the next time. Fantastic. Giddy up. All right, we'll see you next Sunday from 10 a.m. live on Facebook. Go to photo. Have a good week. That was the Scott and Jai Show, Mates Helping Mates podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember to download The Scott and Jai Show on the Podbean app and follow them on social media at The Scott and Jai Show. Enjoy your week. Thanks for downloading The Scott and Jai Show, Mates Helping Mates podcast. Listen to The Boys Live on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. on Radio X. How do you listen to Radio X? Go to radiox.com.au and click listen live. Turn up the volume with Radio X. Your ultimate rock destination. Tune in today at radiox.com.au. Radio X.